Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon and welcome to the Steve Jones Show on a Friday afternoon. The Steve Jones Show brought you to you today by those great folks over at Brewers Outlet, home to the pickle bar. Garlic, my favorite. Steve has his own favorites over there. And if they brew it anywhere near Sunbury, Pennsylvania, it, Brewers Outlet has it for you to consume. Um, Friday afternoon uh, means that Thursday night NFL football pregame. Big questions in Philadelphia and Baltimore. Not really answered in full or even in part. Miles Sanders carried the ball three times last night for the Eagles. And that was it. Steve predicted if he was on the first team, he wouldn't see a lot of carries. And Steve was, as always, right. And then down in Baltimore, the Ravens were playing. And uh, Trace McSorley, a great Penn State quarterback in his rookie season, 9 of 22 with one interception for 80 yards. Ran the ball several times for about 16 yards. So he got his baptism under fire in the NFL last night. The Philadelphia Phillies ran into a buzzsaw out in the Bay Area of California. Mr. Baumgartner, the pitcher for the Giants, he threw a one-hitter through seven innings. And... um, the pirate or the Phillies got beat five to nothing. Um, a one hitter uh, combined by two pitchers. So, Phillies going to be out there again tonight. I'll have to ask Kyle what game time is in the pregame. Kyle Alexander joining us here in the Sunbury Motors studio. One quick comment about the Eagles game last night. Okay. Because I am an Eagles fan and I don't like. I'm not a diehard. I don't sit there and watch preseason games like Matt Catrillo. Right. <laughs> but I would have expected a little bit of a better showing. I mean, it, that was pretty rough. You know what I mean? Did you watch I, it? I did not watch it. I was um, busy doing something else uh, last night, uh, fortunately, that I didn't have to suffer through that. And, <laughs> and the other thing that made my uh, night even better last night, the Pirates were not on. So I didn't have to suffer through another loss. They're four and nineteen since the All Star break, and if it would have been less a game last night, they'd be four and twenty by now. So, no, I did not. Uh, did you see Miles Sanders run the ball at all? Um, I don't really remember because once the score started getting out of hand, it was just kind of on in the background. You know what I mean? I understand. So I've been known to do that myself. Yeah, and everybody kind of says, "Don't panic. It's only week one of preseason," but. And I'm going to take that advice. No need to panic. No, it, it's it's a, a glorified scrimmage, I think. And they've got a lot of players to look at and you know do it in a game-like situation. See who uh, you can sort out that's from, the I don't know how many the roster has now, 80 or 90 players. So you got to figure out who's going to stay, who's getting cut, and this is how you do it in the preseason. Yeah, well, I hope they found some that need cut <laughs> last yeah. night. You know what I mean? I do. And tonight, um, the best team in NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they play at home in Heinz Field. And speaking of Heinz Field, it, 
in the future it may not be Heinz Field. Is that right? You know, and Heinz and Pittsburgh just go together like ketchup and a hamburg, to use a comparison. Right, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, but I think that the um, licensing agreement that uh, the Steelers have or the city authority that runs the stadium has with Heinz expires in a year. And so um, not sure what's going to happen with that. Uh, Heinz is really no longer a Pittsburgh um, company like they were since Mr. Heinz founded it 100 plus years ago. They're now part of Kraft. Oh, okay. And so, you know, um, speaking of mayonnaise and things like that, um, that's who who actually owns Heinz. So, and that doesn't have the same ring to it, Craft Field. No, Mayonnaise Field or something like yeah. that. No, I don't think so either. So, uh, may not be Heinz Field much longer, but uh, the Steelers will be in action. Uh, they have a number of questions to answer this year. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, gone. Antonio Brown, gone. James Conner, here and hopefully not hurt as a running back. And, of course, the steady Eddie of the whole uh, Pittsburgh Steeler team, ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger out of Miami of Ohio a decade or two ago. He will be at the helm in the regular season. And the, the other issue is their kicker. You know, he's had a lackluster year, I believe, last year. And um, he needs to really uh, crank it up a notch. Yeah, and the kicking is one of those things. It's black and white as far as how well you're doing, and it's kind of unfortunate for those kickers. But there's no marginal day as a kicker. I mean, you either make them or you miss them. And uh, and you're only as good in some, in many instances as your last couple of kicks. Right. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, I happen to know a kicker in the NFL, and he says he has no memory. He just doesn't ever look backwards in terms of what's going on. He always looks forward. And of course, he just signed a two-year, $10.5 million deal with the San Francisco 49ers. We're talking about Penn State's own Robbie Gold out of Lock Haven in Central Mountain High School. He's one of the longest, um, oldest, uh, longest-serving um, players in the NFL. He's going to be 37 years old this year. Wow, And it only seems like a couple years ago that uh, he was just this rookie with the Chicago Bears. Uh, started, uh, I think, the 2006 season after the fourth game when their then-kicker got hurt. They sent out the word, we need a kicker. Robbie and about seven other guys answered the call. And this untested rookie from Penn State, he won the kicking battle. And he is now ranked, Kyle, 23rd on the all-time NFL scoring list. And at this age of 30... At this there age, we go. Hey, there there's go. Steve Jones. There he is. We had to, uh, we had to be clever in, quote, reconnecting. Ah. <laughs> in other words, I couldn't hear you guys at all until just now. Oh, my. Um, uh, so we were talking. So that's, that's we had to be clever in reconnecting. Well, Steve, just to bring you up to date, Kyle and I were talking last about last night's preseason game in Philadelphia, the Eagles and Miles Sanders, and down in Baltimore with the Ravens and Trace McSorley, nine of twenty-two, about eighty yards, three or four runs for about sixteen, eighteen yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But there was well, a... I, obviously I didn't see I didn't see anything last night. I was actually doing a game. My interest in the preseason is so limited, uh, unfortunately. I mean, it's not. I, I just think I just feel like the NFL is like sapped all the all, all the interest out of it. Now, obviously, I know Trace threw a touchdown pass. And then it was called back, I believe, on a penalty. Right, and he also had an uh, interception as well in, in the right. in the mixed bag. Hey, the biggest uh, Penn State rookie, or the the biggest game by a Penn State rookie was out in Detroit. The guy whose name I can't pronounce, and you do it perfectly every time on defense, a defensive um, back, Amani um, Oruwariye. You got hey, it. And you, <laughs> when when I introduced Amani Oruwariye. And his mom at the senior football banquet. So obviously, I have to say the name back to back twice. Okay. Yes. All right. So, James Franklin, when we were done, because James and I were sitting next to each other in the dais, leaned over to me and he said, I promise never to do that to you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember at our uh, Penn State. Uh, kickoff uh, evening that we had last year down at Front Street Station. I ask you what was the most difficult name on the team, as as you in your capacity as announcer, for you to pronounce. And of course, you came up with him, the name I cannot say. And uh, <laughs> he really had a great game last night. There was just they raved about him in the post game. And well, he's well, a good you know kid. what? Well, you know what about Amani? Well, he is a good kid. I like Amani a lot personally. But what Amani's game translates to the next level. See, that that's all part of what is so important about going college to pro. You have to have a game that translates to the next level. Because sometimes what works for you on the college level does not work for you on the uh, pro level. It's just the way it is. I think it's more often talked about with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, his game in the college level really worked. It doesn't work that well when it comes to the to the pro level. So quarterbacks are usually the primary uh, discussion points on translating from one level to the next. But it's at every single position on the field. You may be an outstanding college-level tight end, and it doesn't go to the next level. The Andrews kid at Oklahoma, a lot of people very high on him. I wasn't. I didn't think his game would translate to the next level, and so far it hasn't. It just depends on who you are and whether you can and whether when you get to that level, do you have the kind of game, the kind of size, the kind of athleticism that can go against comparable talent and make it work in every position's like that. And going college to pro, Amani always I always felt had that kind of game because number one, he has good speed, so yeah. let's start. So, so that so beating him deep is not going to be an issue. He also has excellent length, and I also feel that he anticipates. Now, I think Amani can break on the ball a little bit better. But let's take for example the Appalachian State game last year. He did not play well in the in the Appalachian State game last year until that last play in the end zone where he baited the quarterback experience and broke on the ball and picked it off and ended the game in overtime. As everyone was holding their breath, when that ball was thrown up in the air, there is about 100,000 people in Beaver Stadium just holding their breath until he did break for the ball and ended the game. And he baited him. He baited him into making that throw. He, he, 
after after to be honest with you, after that quarterback had had his way going at him most of the day. And to his credit, you have to have the ability if you're playing that spot, especially. And and quarterbacks the same way too. But you have to have the ability to sit back and go, forget it, go to the next play. Mm -hmm. And to me, corner is absolutely one of those positions where you need to have one of those forget it, go to the next play deal, where you can then turn the game around on the next play after being beaten on previous plays. By the way, Steve, uh, we did mention that today is Brewers Outlet Day here on the Steve Jones Show, and I did mention uh, garlic pickles at the pickle bar are the best. I know you differ. I know that you have a preference, but those garlic pickles, to die for. Well, that's why they have a variety of them. Exactly. And not only that, Corey always makes sure that when he comes over to see me at any point, he'll bring the variety. That is all true. I can swear to that. Yes, and I usually give you the garlic ones. Yes, you do. <laughs> as you as you hold your nose and say, "Get these out of here, Buner." Uh, no, no, I don't do that. No, I know Just, you I don't. know you prefer that. Uh, yes, but that's all true. At the but same time, I... yeah. And and by the way, uh, briefly, Steve, tomorrow on another broadcast uh, arena, namely the Big Ten Network, it's Penn State Day. Yes, it is. And there's two two games they're going to broadcast tomorrow. I'm not sure if you can recall them. One, they're both overtime games. Mm-hmm. One against Minnesota that may have turned around a season. Yeah, that's and, the one where that's the one where the Trace McSorley drove them downfield, got the field goal late. Uh, yeah. Tyler Davis kicked the field, and then Saquon scored uh, the touchdown in overtime from 25 yards yeah, out. It was like the first play of overtime or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, it, that, and then it, Penn State's first play, because they had stopped Minnesota right. before that. And then um, the other game, of course, in overtime that's just etched in my memory forever is from the big the team that plays in the big house. When they venture out, four overtimes later, they got beat. I never, uh, I never forgot what I said when Penn State had the ball with fifty something seconds left. Mm-hmm. They were at the twenty yard I was line, say, only eighty yards away. And I said, "Here's Penn State, fifty-two seconds left." I can't remember how many timeouts. And I said, "With their eighteen-year-old quarterback at the helm, trying to tie the game." Yeah, it's all and true. Allen Robinson made an absolutely phenomenal catch. It's not the one you're thinking of. I'm going to say not that one right out the at the goal uh, line. We'll get to that one in a second. <laughs> that was the other fantastic okay. catch. Right. In the opening of that drive, he made an incredible catch on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Then Christian was able to hit Brandon Mosby Felder in between Two defenders. Now, there was separation between the two defenders, but he got the ball into the exact spot they needed, down to what I say, the 37-yard line or something like that. And then he made the throw to Allen Robinson, which was as great a catch as I've ever seen or called in my lifetime. No question. A fabulous uh, catch by Allen in the left corner right in front of the students and on the and Penn then, State bench side of the field. And then Christian Hackenberg snuck it in to tie the game. Yeah, and you then, know, they need the they need the extra point. They tied the yeah, game. Yeah, but you know, the, I remember the the kicking troubles that this brilliant oh. kicker from Michigan, who was you know the greatest thing since uh, George Blanda in kicking, 
and he doinked a couple that game. Uh, well, and, it reminded the game reminded me so much of the Orange Bowl. Yes. That Jack and I did in 2006, where the Florida State kicker and Kevin Kelly, yes, like okay, you know, somebody end this, yeah, please, and, and one the, of you. The, the Florida State kid hit it up off the upright. Now I'm trying to think if I don't think the Michigan kicker hit the upright, but he missed. He missed. Yeah, he didn't doink it. That's for sure. No, he did not. I don't believe. But he he missed it. You know, by a, a foot or two off yeah. to one side. And then, and then it was a, it, there was a blocked field goal as well, I believe. Yeah, I think it was a blocked field goal. And then in the fourth overtime, Bill O'Brien went for it on fourth down yes. instead of kicking to tie it. And I remember we Jack and I had him in the post game, and I'm sure he said the same thing in the post game press conference about going for it on fourth down. And they ran the ball with Bill Belton to get the to get the first down. And he said, look, I looked around and everybody said, look, this is we got to end this thing. So one way or the other, we're yeah, going to end it. Right. And then Belton, Belton took it home from there. And I, think, I believe it's the longest game to this point in the history of the Big Ten, four overtimes. And all, oh, it could be also the longest game time-wise because that thing, geez, it started on one day and ended in another. Well, you know what? I remember watching the LSU-Texas A&M game last year. Uh, they were playing at College Station. I want to say it went seven it overtimes. It did go seven overtimes, yes. And I did not see the end of it because it was so late. And Penn State had played that day. And I'm like, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on, I'm hanging on. I couldn't hang on any longer. Yeah, you... I, that sounds like an age thing. No, but I could. I couldn't hang on any longer. As like finally to find out the next day, I think I made it through five overtimes. Now they've changed the rule on going that long into overtime. And the new rule is, I can't. Remember. I think I want to say when you get to the oh, fifth oh, overtime, they y- put the ball at the one yard line. Yeah, you've got you've got a yeah exactly, you, and you got and you got to play. And yeah, you can't kick it, and it's yeah, it's not like out at the twenty five and four. You got to play. Yeah, yeah, you've got to play. Excellent. Score, score. Now, Penn State's never been to that point, but I mean, now I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I've done the longest. Major bowl game ever. Yeah, Jack, Jack and I did that. The Florida State right? game, and, all right, and the longest Big Ten game ever. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, You've been around. Oh, I've been around. All right, yeah, absolutely. I think everybody knows that. I've yeah. been around for better or worse. But anyway, that's uh, tomorrow. <laughs> for the fan base, better or worse. On ESPN, and what uh, they in the promo for, or not ESPN, Big Ten Network, what they said is, you're going to hear from Allen Robinson. You're going to yeah. hear, hear from Bill O'Brien. You're going yeah. to hear from Christian Hackenberg. Yeah. All the key players who are going to comment on that Michigan game, and et cetera. So, not a bad thing. No, not a bad thing at all. Yeah, it's great. Brings a smile to my face. I think it's great that they do this. Plus, they're going to start the camp tours. And I want to say that uh, Dave Revson, Jerry DiNardo, Howard Griffith, I believe they're here Sunday. I think that's the day they're here. Saturday or Sunday. They're here one of the two yeah. days this weekend. And, and, and they do a great job with that. To me, it is something... Where 
with all due respect, I mean, you can do it within the confines of a conference. You've got 14 schools, so you can take care of that. Mm-hmm. But it's something, for example, ESPN spends a lot of money on a lot of different things. Most of it, a lot, not most of it, some of it's a waste of time. That's something they should do with their college football coverage. They should do, they should do some camp tours. Sure. And, and, and do that because I think, you know, I think Dave, Jerry, and Howard get a lot out of it. I think the fan gets a lot out of it. Uh, Jerry's really, I mean, I've been able to, to really talk to Jerry over the years about a couple of observations he's had that, to be honest with you, have absolutely played out well, as the season's gone along, and yeah. he really has a great eye for it. He does. He, you know, he um, talked about a well rounded, incredible background down at LSU for a while. You know, he's been around. Sure, he was on the he was, he was assistant coach at Notre Dame, yep. head coach at Indiana. Yeah, uh, yeah not bad. Good credentials. And not only that, uh, very, very, I mean, just a really great guy. I always love when, it, when people, if they don't like your analysis, they don't like you. Yeah. Jeez, that's uh, silly. Uh, his his job is not to be your buddy. His job is to honestly look at something. It doesn't mean you're right about everything. Right? Just because you say it and it's your observation, it doesn't mean you're right about it in the end. All right? But most of the stuff he says is correct, and he gives good, honest evaluations. All right. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports domestics, microbrews, Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day in the pickle bar. Some people like garlic, but others prefer the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Nate Bauer, next half hour. Let the beverage super stock superstores ready for all of your warm weather activities. Camping, picnics, grilling, visit Brewers Outlet first for microbrews, imports, domestic specialties. They got them. Grab some pickles at the pickle bar, Steve Jones's favorite place. Snacks, Brewers Outlet has that covered. Soda, sports drinks, check. Weekly specials too. And there's lots of convenient parking. So get all the refreshments everyone will love for your next outdoor gathering at Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstore. Reagan Street, Sunbury. The Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestic microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and not every day in the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Stock up for another great summer weekend now at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And now we bring in... Nate Power from Blue Wet Illustrated. Nate, welcome. It's great to have you with us. And in your limited um, viewing opportunity and also a chance to talk and listen to James Franklin and a couple of others after practice on Wednesday night, what are some of the general impressions you have so far? So, um, yeah, I, you know this as well as anybody. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, the age-old question of, 
you know, you're watching ones versus ones or two versus two. Yep. Uh, to me, the defense was outstanding. Uh, the offense had some struggles, uh, even even though there were a couple of flashes um, in that session. And, you know, kind of the ear to the ground um, feedback is the same, right? That um, as you would expect, as everyone should, should that, you know, knows anything about Penn State football coming into the season should expect, uh, the defense being ahead of the offense probably isn't a surprise. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just a question of gauging is the defense elite? Is the defense great? Is mm-hmm. the defense good? And then based on where, whatever tier the defense is, then what does that mean for the offense? And also right? what the defense was working on maybe for the first time that they hadn't worked on before. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, and so when you see, you know, now, now I'm making, uh, I'm making a guess here, but typically at the, the beginning of preseason practice, you know, Penn State's defense is not going to show a lot of blitzes, right? They're not going to do a lot of, um, they're not going to do crazy stuff. The linebackers aren't going to blitz. Um, you're, you're certainly not going to get, uh, blitzes out of the secondary. Uh, because, you know, that's not the point. You're not trying to overwhelm the offense. That said, when you store gross Meadows, you know, basically plows through the line with ease. Um, you know, is that because he's an all-American defensive end, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, are there maybe some some troubles up uh, up front for the offensive line? It's just, it's you know, it, again, like it's impossible to tell right now. And and frankly, even as you know, these next couple of weeks go along, I don't think we're going to know really until Penn State gets into the Big Ten schedule. All right. Uh, did anybody give you any insight as to how the quarterbacks have been? So that's the that's the mystery right now. Is um, you know trying to trying to get a gauge on that. I mean, certainly that's something that I'm I'm trying to track down. You know, we've seen um, you know whether it was Saturday at media day or even Wednesday, you know, some brief glimpses. Um, you know, frankly, I thought I thought Clifford had a great ball on Saturday uh, that he threw K.J. Hamler. There was a big, uh, big gainer there. Um, you know, but outside of that, you know, it's the thrown on air is not going to – it's not going to tell you uh, what you really need to see. The question for me uh, is and will continue to be, can – you know, is that elusiveness there? For either one of these guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, now, now, you know, we saw Michael Johnson take off. Uh, he had a really nice run, um, you know, but that's, that's third and fourth string carries, right? That's, that's, um, that's mm-hmm. just a different standard. Sure. So, so the question is, is can, you know, a lot of Trace McSorley's success, you know, was based on being able to get away from trouble and get away from, from, you know, uh, oncoming traffic, basically. Mm-hmm. Can can Sean Clifford do that? If the offensive line is what it is, um, and even if it makes modest improvements or, or good improvements, you know, you, in this game at this level, you still got to get away from pressure, and that's the one thing that um, you know certainly I'll be waiting to see. Uh, give me a couple of names on. You mentioned Utah Gross Matos. Give me a couple of names that you think will be. Subtly pivotal. It's obvious that a Micah Parsons is going to be pivotal, but somebody else yep. that's a little bit further off the radar to you that can be pivotal to take what could be a really, really good defense into potentially making it a great defense. That is a great question. About time. Uh, about time I asked one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can always count on you for the tough ones. 
Um, no, I think, I mean, I, I'm always intrigued by defensive tackle. Um, I, I really am. I, I just think that the, the position itself provides so much for everybody else. Um, and so, you know, coming off of Kevin Givens, who was maybe a little bit more disruptive than people gave him credit for, uh, I'm, I'm watching uh, Antonio Shelton. I'm watching PJ Mustafer. I'm watching Rob Windsor. You know, is, is, is Rob Windsor as the guy there? Is that, you know, what, what will he open up for other players? Um, you know, so, so certainly I'll, I'll be, be checking there. And then, you know, um, I don't think that there's much mystery to the idea that Lamont Wade is a guy who had sky high expectations you know, certainly for himself and from the outside for him, you know, coming into his career at Penn State. All right, it's year three, um, you know, and, and he certainly appears to be in line uh, to take that starting job opposite Garrett Taylor. Is is he going to do it? Is he going to be a steady force there uh, and a steady presence? Because if he, can, if he can play, if he can make, you know, some tackles, um, you know, uh, get some interceptions, be ball hawking, then yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there's an opportunity for 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 Penn State's defense to to take that next step beyond just you know the usual suspects, like you said. All right, so now let's flip that over to the offense. The quarterbacks are the obvious one, so let's so so we'll put that aside, just like we put Micah Parsons and Yitor Grossmatos aside in the defense. So yep. in the offense, who who could if someone makes even a subtle improvement, it can turn an offense into something people don't want to play against. Yeah, that's. That's another one. I mean, the guy, the guy that jumped out to me on Saturday and again on Wednesday, um, that I, I just, for whatever reason, we, we just haven't talked about him is Matt Hippenhammer. Yep. Uh, honestly, I, I mean, I, I really think that if he is doing what I think he's doing, which is making a push and making a move, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy who, in addition to KJ Hamler, in addition to Jahan Dotson, um, you know, could could really make an impact there uh, at wide receiver. Obviously, you know, to me, Justin Shorter is, is a guy who will remain intriguing. And the story last year, you know it as well as I do, is it's about consistency. Um, you know, James Franklin sounds like a broken record sometimes when he talks about it, but, you know, uh, a lot of these guys, especially at this level, can make the spectacular play. You know, they, they can do it. Uh, it's just a matter of are you going to consistently catch the ball? And last year, you know, whether it was, was Trace being a little bit off or whether it was these guys, you know, kind of starting to get into their own heads, you know, for one reason or another, the quarterback and the, and the receiver position just never connected last year. Um, and so a guy like Justin Shorter, who you would expect to be a possession receiver, you know, is, is he going to do that? Is he going to, is he going to make those improve this year? And then also, I mean, just I'm, I'm waxing on and on here, but I'm also looking for, for Journey Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I really do think that uh, there's a buzz about him going through the spring into the summer. I mean, uh, you know, understanding that uh, that he was away for the, from the team for the summer, it, it really didn't stop, uh, certainly it didn't stop Franklin from naming him as a, a breakout candidate at Big Ten Media Days. Um, people were talking about him at, at preseason media day. People were talking about him on Wednesday. So, um, you know, there's there's another guy who, you know, certainly I think that the running backs in general offer a lot of intrigue 
as to to who might um, you know kind of step forward in that group. The hardest one to maybe uh, to maybe get a read on would be the special teams part, and Penn State really really emphasizes special teams. Yeah. What kind of impact? And this maybe is based on a couple of people you've talked to, maybe post practice interviews and so forth that Joe Lorig has had leading that group? Because obviously a lot of coaches are involved with him in that group. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, look, like, it, and this is this is interesting because I think Parker, you know, has a little bit of the same impact, but the way that yeah. they care for themselves, right, it's almost like the mental side of things. You know, it's just so easy to, to overlook the reality that these are people <laughs> you know these are just dudes they're kids uh, they're kids and and yeah, you, know, that's, you know what that's something i never forget i never forget that i'm looking at 18 to 22 year olds i never yeah, i never do forget that when i'm broadcasting again Steve, I, I get nervous standing over putts playing by myself <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> like uh it, it's just you know human nature ultimately wins out and so uh, I think that the impact, you know, this is a long way around to get to this point, but the 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 way that uh, Lori carries himself, the way that Parker carries himself, the way that they kind of instill confidence and try to instill confidence in these guys, I, I mean, certainly the, the feedback through the spring and the summer was, was very positive for both of those guys. Um, and so, you know, my immediate thought though when I'm looking at special teams is Stout does to, to that group. Yeah, right. Right? Like I mean it was just different. Like even on even on Wednesday, you know, they finished with kickoff. Right. And Cheka Ch- had one. Um uh, uh, I'm trying to remember if Pinnegar had had the other one. He did. Um, yeah. And then and then Stout. And Stout it just sounds different. It looks different when you got a kid who just booms it out of the back of the end zone? Um, for for Penn State and and you know we always like to, to cherry pick um, you know individual plays that that make or break a game, but the reality for Penn State is six kickoffs out of bounds last year was right. extremely detrimental no to, to this program's success. Just to have a kid who's going to put it into the back of the end zone. What was it? Your eighty-eight percent. I right. think that's the number. Yep. That's that's game changing. I will never forget. I will never forget uh, Urban Meyer coming into Beaver Stadium, and I think it was when Bill O'Brien was here. Frankly, yeah. Uh, having having a kickoff specialist who can do with the ball whatever he wants. He put the ball. He kept putting the ball at the one and a half. The one and where, a half. Where you had to take it back, and if you got back to the seventeen-yard line, you're plus eight. It was unbelievable, and it was such a little like if you weren't paying attention, you didn't you didn't you know when right. you're when you're starting with the ball on your own eighteen yard line as opposed to the twenty five, it makes a colossal difference. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very interested to see what the actual dividends are uh, on special teams this year. But certainly, I think after last year, they can only go up. What has the college football playoff, in your opinion, done? To- oh boy! Oh boy! Um, I think 
that it has I, I mean, look, I, I mean, I, certainly I think that there's the haves and the have-nots. Uh, and, you know, I... I, I Some wild bumper music there uh, as we approach the top of the hour on the Steve Jones Show. Brought to you this Friday by Brewer's Outlet. And all I want to say is it's home with the garlic pickles. You don't have to say much more than that, Matt. Yeah, always a good time at uh, Brewer's Outlet. It's I call it Candyland, but <laughs> that's just I've me. Heard similar names. I just that's just me. Um, tonight we've got the Phillies on WKOK AM, starting I think uh, game time ten fifteen out in the Bay. Yep, nine forty is our coverage time on WKOK. Drew Smiley against uh, Brian Steed. So okay. We'll see if the Phillies can bounce back. One hit last night. The, That's, I, we keep saying the Phillies have hit rock bottom at many different times throughout the season, but uh, maybe last night was it. I have no idea. Well, they were, we they need were, a one hit by Madison Bumgarner, who, again, is a great pitcher, but as we mentioned yesterday on the show, Bob, that he only he was giving up, averaging 12 runs, giving up each the last few three games or so. Yeah, it's um, Madison really brought his A game last night. We all know what a great pitcher he can be. And he proved it again last nope. night. That yep. was the thank you for not trading me moment. Yes. Uh, you know, what talk and speculation about that, and nothing happened, Steve. Well, it's it's always been the mantra of our digital media group. Sometimes when we're doing nothing, we're doing something. <laughs> True. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. Hold on a second. That's, that, uh, that management doesn't go by that. No. And, oh, by the way, tonight, Steve, on the Valley, uh, we've got the Steelers. Uh, first preseason from Heinz Field. Um, Tunch and the boys will be uh, coming on at 530 with kickoff scheduled about 730. Yeah. That's uh, coming up tonight. It's, um, let's see, I think Roethlisberger will run through the tunnel. After that, I don't think anything else is going to happen. <laughs> and I think he'll smile and wave to the crowd, um, not anticipating. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe a series, maybe. Actually, it was reported yesterday, Josh Dobbs is going to start tonight. That's terrific. Oh, that's terrific. You know, that really helps sell tickets, don't you think? Oh, they're going to pack them in all around Heinz Field on that one. Honestly, though, I mean, I know it's not the best storyline in the world, but this is a big preseason for both Dobbs and for Mason Rudolph, especially for Mason Rudolph, a guy that the Steelers traded up for in the third round. If he can't win the starting job or the backup job and take that away from Josh Dobbs, then uh, the Steelers obviously are that maybe made a mistake taking him up there in the third round two years ago. Steven, uh, personally, I'm looking forward to something on the offensive line for the Steelers tonight. At right tackle, Matt Filer from Bloomsburg yeah. University and Lancaster County, uh, Pennsylvania. Played his high school ball there. Matt has been a journeyman, and now he's on the starting offensive line at right tackle for the Steelers. Fabulous kid. You know, joining the ranks of about five Bloomsburg University linemen who have made it to the NFL. Well, the key is you have to show versatility. If you're going to play, if you're if you're going to be a journeyman in the NFL, you have to play multiple positions. And he has; he's been everywhere on yeah. the line, and this is his big night. That way, you can then show value because they really don't want to carry in a game more than seven linemen in a game. 
Well, he's uh, earned his way to the top five, and we'll see him tonight. That's really great. And he's on the we're on the Valley with the Steelers, 5.30, and then 7.30 kickoff. And it's today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Keywords 11 News and 15 Radio in Hummel's Wharf. WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.